Are you tired of the nine to five lifestyle? Do you want more freedom to do what you want, when you want it, without sacrificing your current income? Then this is the show for you. Every week, we dive into John's journey towards financial freedom and everything he has learned since 2014. Real estate investing, cryptocurrency, stocks, private lending, foreign residency, tax saving strategies, infinite banking, assets protection, and much more. Now, here is your host, the founder of the Wealth and Freedom Nexus, John Rickgarn. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. This is John Rickkarn, your host of the Wealth and Freedom Nexus podcast. For those uh, returning listeners, hope you've enjoyed the journey so far. And if this is your first time listening in, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Now, during this journey with my various guests that I brought on, you know, maybe you've connected already with Wagner from episode two, where they specialize in the build to rent uh, industry for single family up to duplexes. Maybe you touch base with Lip and Danny Lynn of episode four of Freedom Real Estate Group, or maybe Marco in episode 16 with Narada Real Estate, all providing turnkey investment properties for either your first investment property or maybe your second, third, or fourth. Maybe you've gotten pre-qualified or gotten your financials started to get together with Kaylee of Ridge Lending, who we had on for episodes 20 and 22. Now maybe you're on your investment journey and you're getting close to closing. And now we need a place to close. We need to get all the documents signed. We need to make sure they're recorded with the proper recorder's office, make sure that the chain of title goes from the seller to the purchase or the buyer, and make sure that all goes smoothly without any hiccups. So with that, typically what you will want is to work with a, a title and abstract company. Now, maybe this is the first time you've heard this and you're wondering what the hell is a title and abstract company. So with that, I brought on a good friend that I've known for many years, Mark Rude of Title and Abstract Services uh, right here in Marshall, Minnesota, to give us a little background of the ins and outs of what title and abstract companies do, why you need them, and why they're beneficial for your uh, pretty closings and your investment properties. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, John. So maybe you can ask first just a little bit of your background, how you got into the industry, and then, you know, how long you have owned title and abstract services, the company. Sure. Um, I've been in real estate uh, since 2001. So it's a little over 20 years now. Um, I started out as a mortgage loan officer uh, up in the Twin Cities and then in Kansas City and then to the big town of Marshall here in Southwest Minnesota. (laughs) And then uh, I, I... mainly did mortgage uh, home loans. And then at one point, uh, ventured over into commercial lending a little bit. Okay. Um, I worked for a company called Wells Fargo Home Mortgage, a small little mortgage lender. Some people may have heard of them. I think I've heard them maybe once or twice. So, <laughs> Yeah. And then I, and I left and went to a, a small bank called Home Federal Bank. Uh, now it's known as Great Western Bank. Didn't anticipate going into the title company business, but at one point, the owners of Title and Abstract Services approached me saying that they were looking to retire and thought I would be a good uh, fit to buy the business, primarily Norwegian descent. So it took me a little over a year to make up my mind and do something. <laughs> uh, I don't move always quickly on those things, but uh, it's been great. So I took over March of 2018. So okay. I guess about four years now. 
All right, cool. Very good. So, you know, we've obviously gone over a little bit of your background, but for maybe someone, maybe a first time home buyer, or, you know, maybe you're starting to shop around and buy their first investment property and the, maybe the entire process is new to them from, you know, the inspection, the appraisal, the financing, everything. But as they're getting closer to the end uh, goal line, uh, what exactly is a title and abstract company and why should someone work with a company like that versus say, just like the local attorney's office? Sure, sure. Um, You know, what people typically see of us is probably just the closing process. So that's the part where they're coming to the closing table and I've got a stack of paper about that day. (laughs) of legal documents that we're going to go through. We're going to explain them um, and have them sign them and then basically kind of be an intermediary for the uh, the buyer and seller of okay. the transferring of funds and the recording of the documents, i.e. maybe the mortgage or the deed that need to be recorded. Okay. But that's kind of, you know, it's, it's like the Titanic. That's just the little iceberg you see. Mm-hmm. What we do, most of it is below the surface. So really kind of what we do in, in one shot on it, uh, primarily on like a real estate, real estate transaction, is that uh, once we get the purchase agreement, it depends if the property is abstract or, or torrents, we go into that later, but sure. we're going to do a, a, a chain of title. So we're going to go back, uh, statute in Minnesota is usually 40 years. So we're going to go yeah. back 40 years to a good deed. So not a quick claim deed, but like a warranty deed or, or something like that. Okay. Um, and we're going to make sure that every time the property has con- been conveyed, that we have a, a clear chain of title. We don't have uh, maybe, you know, John and Mary bought the property and then John sold it. Well, what happened to Mary and her interest okay. in the property? Or if, you know, John sells the property and it doesn't list his marital status, we may want to know if he was married or not. Um, okay. In Minnesota, it's one to buy, two to sell. Gotcha. We also want to make sure that if, you know, Jim took out a mortgage, that that mortgage got satisfied or paid off Okay. so that the new buyer doesn't have a lien against the property. We always call, we call them encumbrances in the business, but we want to make sure we address any easements, mm-hmm. liens, leases, judgments, um, basically anything that could uh, be detrimental or, or cause um, financial concerns to the buyer where maybe they have to pay something off that was from a previous owner. Okay. So maybe kind of in a nutshell, more of ease of mind or peace of mind, I should say. And, you know, no surprises that, I don't know, yeah. 20 years ago, there was a long forgotten, I don't know, mechanics lien for someone that added on the porch or some family feud. I've seen a few times where one person says, oh, no, uh, dad promised me proceeds of this and I never got it. Or brother Jim got it all versus Sally, Tim and Jim, or obviously you got, you know, family strife sometimes thrown in there as well. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, it even can just be an error that someone, whether it was a title company or attorney, drip a document incorrectly that we can get that addressed, um, okay. you know, prior to closing so that the mortgage company uh, is in first lien position and that okay. the new property owner doesn't have any of those things against their property. Okay. To kind of answer your question as far as why a title company over an attorney, you know, it's it can be a preference. I'd say, the, you know, one thing is for a title company, this is all we do. Okay. So, I mean, I'm in Southwest Minnesota. We have lots of small towns and we have, we have a lot of great attorneys around here, but they also may have to drop trust agreements. They may do 15 different things where this is, this is, 
all we do is real estate transactions. That's mm-hmm. all we do. So, okay. And then maybe just like you had mentioned before with Minnesota law, uh, one to buy two to sell, you know, maybe one attorney where 90% of what they do is say estate planning and trust. You know, Maybe they're not aware of the one to buy two to sell. So they don't, you know, check all the boxes to make sure that the one person did buy and two persons sold, or it was just one or one person of the uh, spouse or the other sold the property, but the other one wasn't listed. And well, wait a second, what happened to them? So, yeah. And, and, you know, for us, I mean, I think our, our basically business models, maybe a little bit more streamlined because that's, because that's what we do. You know, we we Mm -hmm. first, it goes to uh, Bryn, who's our, 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 you know, our abstract or our searcher, she's going to do the property reports and I'm going to do the examination on that. And, and we're, you know, and I don't, you know, maybe an attorney's in court for two days where sure. uh, I really hope I'm not in court because I, I, I'm not <laughs> an attorney. So if I'm in court, it's something maybe bad, but right. So makes sense. So now uh, you had touched base on this a little bit and, you know, maybe some of my listeners aren't familiar with this with title process, but in the you know recording world, so to speak, there are abstracts and then there are torrents. What's yes. the difference between the two? And is one a uh, concern over the other, shall we say? Yeah, the main difference, uh, most property is is abstract property. Okay. Now in Southwest Minnesota, we still have these things called abstracts. Yep. All this is, is it's a document that's going to show um, any liens or any encumbrances on the property, any transfer of title since the patent, um, which this one was Renville County, but say we're in Lyon County right now, that's going to be late 1800s. I think Lyon County became a county in 1872. Okay. So, um, but anytime that the property is, anything that's been recorded at the county is going to be in the abstract. Okay. If you go to larger cities like the Twin Cities or mm-hmm. a lot of states now, they don't update abstracts anymore. Uh, it seems to be more of an agricultural thing. And so we have a lot of great farmland around here and the farmers like the abstract. We sure. like them too, because like I had said before, I have to do a 40 year chain of title or 40 year review. Our county records in a lot of these smaller counties like Lyon County, Redwood County, uh, Lincoln, Yellow Medicine, Southwest Minnesota, their online does not go back 40 years. Okay. Um, so then I actually have to go into the county recorder's office or, or, or one of our Bryn here would do that. Okay. And then we go into their old books and you just, I mean, these books are just massive and you're flipping through them. Mm-hmm. most of them around here go kind of to the mid to early nineties. So with that 40 year chain, we're, we're only maybe, you know, 10 years away from not having to, that we're hopefully it will all be online. Gotcha. But so abstract, you, a reviewer needs to go back 40 years, do that chain of title search. Okay. Torrens is a little different. Um, <clears throat> Torrens property. It's uh, was named after a guy, last name Torrens. I think it was, Richard something or Robert oh, Richard Torrens. Interesting. Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and he was, uh, it was an Australian thing that started and okay, you get a certificate of title. So we don't have to, you don't have to go back 40 years on that certificate of title. It shows like if you bought a house today, John, and it was Torrens property, they're going to give you a certificate of title. Okay. And then if you end up taking a mortgage out three years from now, they add what they call memorials or, um, could be mispronouncing that word too, but I think it's a memorials. And so anything, if I go to do an examination of it, I know who the owner is and anything that's out there. Okay. And it's what you see is what you get, but I don't know that in 1932, 
the seller, the owners of the property got a divorce because I don't need to know that. Okay. Um, and then Torrance property, really, it's, it's a lot easier to search if there's like a bankruptcy or foreclosure, it goes through, at least in our area, through a, a, a Torrance officer, okay. which is typically an attorney. <clears throat> so, you know, Lyon County, the Torrance officer is Paul Good. So if, you know, if there is something in there, he has to review that, you know, it, there could be errors in title on either one. Okay. Uh, your lender is going to require title insurance on either property. Okay. Typically, I guess, in my experience, there's probably a little less. Torrens is a little bit more um, stable okay, because it's just uh, there's a little bit more checks and balances done through that. But, uh, uh, you know, there can still something can be missed always. But uh, I say Torrens is a little easier. We just don't see as much of it. Okay. Redwood County has quite a bit of Torrens property in Southwest Minnesota line a little less, but, and you know, there's always talk that they would convert everything in the state of Minnesota to Torrens property, okay. but the cost to do so is, is pretty substantial. And then the question always is asked, well, who's going to pay for that? So, sure. And then you got a lot of finger pointing like, well, I shouldn't have to pay for it. It should be the seller or the buyer, yeah. or the lender or the, con- the courthouse or, you know, yeah. some. Yep. So, okay. Now uh, with the uh, abstract and title and you uh, touch base on this a little bit, obviously if you are, you know, purchasing a property and then you're getting a first lien mortgage on that, whether it's, you know, Wells Fargo, Ridge Lending or somewhere in between, many of those lenders will require you to have title insurance on it. Whereas I know some places, you know, if it's just like a cash transaction, some places are, or some buyers, I should say, are just fine with what's called the title opinion. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of go over the two differences, sure. you know, pros and cons of the title opinion versus the title insurance? Yeah. So, whether we issue title insurance or not, we always do a title opinion. I'm still okay. always going to, on a transaction, do my 40 years chain of title. Okay. I'm going to, you know, make sure there's no encumbrances out there that we don't at least address them, you know, if, that there's no liens out there that haven't been satisfied. Okay. And so on a title opinion, we would issue that and just show then who's the owner, um, anything that's out there, any easements that are out there, the Title insurance is just insuring that information. Okay. You know, if you bought a house cash, you don't need, the lender's not there to require you get title insurance. Sure. But the lenders, if you bought a house with a lender, you're going to have to have homeowner's insurance as well. Sure. If you bought a house cash, you don't need homeowner's insurance, but you're probably going to buy homeowner's insurance because just in case something were to happen, the house were to get hail damage it's cheaper than fixing it yourself. Exactly. Title insurance isn't a whole lot different than that, other than it doesn't ensure what's going to happen from today going forward. It ensures what happened in the, the past. Okay. Yeah, you know, I say if you bought a $100,000 house and you may have a couple hundred dollars for the title insurance, mm-hmm. if you never need it, it seemed maybe expensive, but it's a one-time fee and it's a yep. fee that you just pay when you buy. You don't have to pay it for it again. Okay. But if there was an issue with title insurance and it founds out that Sally years ago still owns some of the property, you could dispute that and go through the court system. And typically an attorney is going to cost you more than a couple hundred dollars. Exactly. Easily. Um, and we had a, a great example a few years ago, a person had bought a commercial property, the seller, and thankfully this wasn't under my watch either. I was really glad about that, but the seller had a pending tax lien, okay. federal tax lien that showed up right around the time that the deed was recorded. Oh, wow. So the new owner was going to sell it and uh, they 
through a realtor called me up and were like, what do I do? There's a $28,000 federal tax lien on this. Oh, geez. And I can't sell the property without mm-hmm. this getting paid. And I said, well, did you, did you buy an owner's policy of title insurance? It's like, yeah. Like, okay. And it happened to be through the company we were through, which okay. is Stuart title. Well, they took care of that in the back end. He was able to sell the property. Okay. Um, I'm sure that they went after that previous seller and, you know, and did their due diligence that he made sure he paid his tax lien. But that person then wasn't hung up or they were thinking they couldn't sell the property unless they paid this 20 some thousand dollars that they Ouch. didn't owe. <laughs> so that, that $170 policy that person bought paid for itself. Yeah, easily. I think that's uh, well worth the expense there. So yeah. in regards to that, and you know, hypothetically in that situation, say there wasn't title insurance and it was just a title opinion, you know, whether mm-hmm. from you or an attorney where, you know, hey, I look through everything and I didn't see this. At that point, it would still just fall on the current owner. Well, this is on you now, unfortunately. Is that correct? Or correct. I mean, okay. you know, let's say someone calls with me. And that happened or something. And, and then there was an issue. The first thing we're going to go back and make sure is did, did we m- miss this issue or was this something that wasn't recorded? Okay. You know, and if it's something that we can fix, well, you know, we do anything we could to help them out with that. But if it's something where, you know, you know, it was, it wasn't, you know, anything that our air, it was just something that wasn't recorded or maybe it was tracked to the wrong piece of property or, or what have you, that title insurance would have protected them. You know, if they have a title opinion, now it's still on them. So okay. while the, the benefit of title insurance is if there's an issue, it's a lot cheaper than paying for that issue through, you know, an attorney and courts and waiting for that and maybe delaying your closing. Sure. Uh, the disadvantage would be that there is a cost incurred, but it's usually pretty minimal. It's typically going to be less than one year's homeowner's insurance, you know, and it's also based on the property price. Someone buys a $40,000 property and they're like, ah, I don't know if I really want to pay for that. Their <laughs> title insurance might be like 120 bucks. So sure. it's, you know. Well, at that point, I mean, if you're spending $40,000, what's another $120? At least that's how I look at it. But <laughs> if you got $40,000 cash, hopefully you got 40120 So Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Now, as far as, you know, obviously you and I are both based in Minnesota. Um, I have listeners throughout the United States uh, as well as overseas. So I don't expect you to know the uh, title process, Bulgaria or Peru, for instance. But within the continental United States is the you know, title and abstract uh, services and the recording process, is it all pretty similar or is it, or can it vary from state to state? You know, they can, um, the title insurance is going to be fairly similar, but, okay, but it, you know, with every state, you know, it's the United States. So it's every state has their own laws. Okay. And then, and then in every state, or at least let's say in Minnesota, we have counties. Every county is a little bit different on their, on what they require from a recording. Very you know, thin layers of gray on that. It's not huge differences, but so from state to state, yes, I mentioned, I think earlier, we said one to buy two to sell in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So if I buy a house and then later on I get married, my wife, even if she's not on title has to sign off on that, or she still has some ownership rights to the, to the property. Okay. Um, So every state's very different. I am only licensed in Minnesota. So beyond Minnesota, I, I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't operate. And uh, so I think that's where finding a, a, a local title company or an attorney, you know, is, is probably best. And then a lot of times you can find um, there are some national companies like uh, Stuart Title is who uh, 
we use for issuing of title insurance. Okay. Um, they're in multiple states. Their headquarters is in Texas. So okay. they're in multiple states. So oftentimes you can, you know, still find one of those. And maybe if you found one and you like their, you know, they're specific the way they work, you can find another Stuart title agent in another state as well. Okay. Sounds good. As we're getting close to the end here and kind of wrapping up and uh, maybe if we want to put on our, you know, future looking glasses, if you will, obviously we've had a, you know, explosion in blockchain technology and cryptography, you know, that is, you know, obviously disrupting the finance space, real estate space, you know, everything. Long-term, what do you see or how do you see that impacting where I know some people have talked about where title insurance won't be necessary in the future, where everything is recorded on a blockchain that can't be altered once it is in there and moving forward that, you know, you can just look up. It's like, all right, here's a 40-year history, bing, bang, boom. I don't need an abstract. I don't need a title insurance. I don't even need a closing company. What are your thoughts on that? Or do you see that as high in the sky or not too far down the line to really worry about? You know, I when when looking to buy a title company here, I, I was concerned about that. I thought, okay, mm. I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s. You know, is this going to be something where at 52, I'm looking for a different career? And, uh, and, I, and I hope no government workers are a part of this uh, listening <laughs> podcast here, but everything's recorded through the government. And uh, because every county is different, it's so segmented. I don't see that changing quickly. Okay. I think the more changes we'll see in our, our process will be more um, e-signings. Okay. You know, this Zoom thing, uh, you know, doing maybe closings via Zoom. We even have started to see that now in a lot of the mortgage documents where I used to get that stack I said about this. And now sure. sometimes we're getting that smaller stack. Because someone e-signed the non-essential, I shouldn't say non-essential, but you know they e-signed the documents that don't have anything to do with recording. Um, lenders still require usually the note um, or the promissory note, and then you know, the mortgages to be signed okay. with uh, wet ink. But sure. Um, so I I think this is going to be an industry that that's a slow moving process. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is just because you signed it and it got recorded doesn't mean it was right. A lot of recorders around here are really good. If something isn't correct, they're going to, they would reject it. Um, okay. But they could just record it. Now we've got a problem and you have to okay. fix it later. Someday, but in the next 15, 20 years, I probably, you know, we don't even have our our, our documents viewable online for 40 years yet. Um, sure. In a lot of areas. So I'm um, getting to a point where that's all converted. Probably would take quite some time. And then again, on that, someone's going to have to actually go through the process and, and, you know, update all those things. So mm -hmm. how do they go about doing that and who's paying for that? And most of the time, like the County recorders offices, they don't get the best and biggest budget of all the government sure. agencies. You know, they're, they're scanning stuff in and just making sure that the, you know, they, they've got a correct chain of title, just like what we're doing. So, yeah. And then kind of back to earlier, what you said, where previously in Minnesota, they have talked about switching everything over to abstracts or everything over to torrents and just having one throughout the state. Well, obviously that'd be a, you know, huge ship to turn and get everything lined up. And again, who would pay for it? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I say that and we'll get done with this podcast and there'll be a news article in two days saying it's all getting switched. So yeah, exactly. You know, I, the, I, 
some new we'll see federal what program. Here's a trillion dollars. Go, go wild and crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got administration right now, not afraid to spend money. So you exactly, never know. or print money as much as we want. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. Right. Well, as a final closing note, uh, Mark, is there anything uh, maybe I've left out, or anything else you feel my listeners, you know, if they are looking to purchase an investment property that they should know about title insurance, title and abstract services, or you know, something that I might have missed. Um, you know, just uh, with any title company, um, the, the main thing is um, what you see just at the closing table. There's a lot more that goes on to that. And, and okay. really, our job is to make sure that your investment is is sound and that it's yours. And it's not uh, there isn't an error or something or a gap in uh, ownership. And that also that you're not stuck paying the bill for someone else's stuff that was uh, mm-hmm. never taken care of. Right. So, yeah. And I think the one example you gave, uh, gave earlier, I think spending $140, $142 to not have to pay a $24,000 federal tax lien would be very, very well that's, worth it. <laughs> that's a great investment there. Yes, absolutely. So sounds good. All right. Well, I want to thank you again, Mark, for coming on the show. I hope my listeners have uh, gotten some good info on this and make sure you uh, hit that subscribe button. Stay tuned as we'll be going in a, into other facets from the not only the abstract world, but also the appraisal, the financing, and all the legal aspects of property ownership as well. So until then, make sure you subscribe and talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening. Be sure to share, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more updates, check out www.wealthandfreedomnexus.com. Remember, nothing on this show should be considered tax, legal, investment, or professional advice. This show is produced solely for educational and informational purposes. Please consult an appropriate and licensed tax, legal, real estate, or business professional for specific advice for your situation. For distribution or publication rights or media interviews, please contact the host.